Texas some boring subjects. Understand the risk to our country. Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Well, been kicked off of Facebook for a week. The We Are Libertarians Facebook group was permanently banned. I've appealed it, so hopefully it comes back. Can't go live on Facebook. Got our second community strike on YouTube, so we can't go live there. Just all in the same week. So we're going to talk about that right after this. Warning. This show is for adults by semi-adults, so the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh. Welcome to the Chris Bangle Show. Our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. If you struggle to understand politics, we explain it from an independent libertarian point of view. With all of the irreverence it deserves, we toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. This episode is powered by RX Bar. Up front and to the point, these protein bars put it all out there with simple ingredients and no BS. It's the fuel your body needs to show 2021 who's boss. Find your new favorite flavor at rxbar.com. Support for this podcast comes from Redbubble. Think of someone you care about. Now, think about a thing they love, like dogs or candy or that super steamy British show they can't stop watching. Now, picture their face when you give them the most perfect dog or candy or super steamy British show they can't stop watching present. On Redbubble, artists design and sell everyday products that feature unexpectedly perfect expressions of things people love. Dog things. Candy things. Super steamy British shows people can't stop watching things. Redbubble.com. Find unexpectedly perfect things. This episode is brought to you by ADP. To make sure millions of people are getting paid on time and in compliance, ADP is staying on top of each new piece of legislation. So when it comes down to it, ADP isn't just a payroll and HR company. They're the company that helps you navigate complexity. Learn more at ADP.com. Now, here's our host, Chris Spangle, a 15-year veteran of politics and media. We're under attack. <laughs> We're under attack, everybody. From the inside and the out. <laughs> now, many of you know that We Are Libertarians is a vast and sprawling empire with many different tentacles. Uh-oh. Alarm bell stopped. Now... I think many of our critics would say our greatest sin as a brand is being too moderate, too centrist, too inoffensive. And yesterday and the last few days have just been, well... Feeling like we're under attack. Uh, like I mentioned, you know, we're we're being censored. We're we being we're being canceled. We're being oppressed. We're being attacked. Um, 
But I think the one that hurt the most, guys, was this one, which I will show you here on the screen. Harry, would you like to read this to the to the class? What did you post yesterday at 7.40 a.m.? Let's see. Well, let's see. I just left hot yoga, and I believe I posted a nice post about how I miss doing fun podcasts. Now, I mean, Reinhold, is there any other way to take that than that is a direct personal attack on you and I? You got to unmute your mic. You've, you've left him speechless with your... Well, it's been a couple weeks. <laughs> but we're... <laughs> what I'm saying is he, uh, you know, it's an attack on somebody. I don't know if it's me. Uh, you know, it might just be something but, else. The Chris Bangle Show, where two out of three co-hosts think this podcast is fun. release <laughs> 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 a statement um, from my press secretary to the Discord. You know, so if you were on the Discord, you could see the statement I issued from my press secretary to clean up the the uh, the Facebook post. Thank you. Yes, uh, and I had That'll to go to right. Liberty. I had to go to Liberty and chill last night to to quell the rebellion in the Eastern Lands. Um, and Harry and I had it's the first time Harry and I have seen each other since the last time he was here, which is probably mid twenty nineteen. Yep, I don't think I've seen Reinhold since then. I haven't seen Boss Hog. I saw him a couple months ago, but before that, I think it was his wedding in 2019. Um, so we had a long conversation about the future of the show, and in full transparency, we're going to do that on the air here. Uh, and I think a lot of people, you know, with uh, basically the removal of our ability to to promote our shows, <laughs> we've, we've got to start figuring out alternatives. Um I did end up having a conversation with uh, Facebook, and here is how that went. Will you shut up? Ah, now we see the violence inherent in the system. Shut up! Oh, come and see the violence inherent in the system. Help, help, I'm being repressed, bloody peasant. Oh, what a giveaway. Do you hear that? Do you hear that, eh? That's what I'm on about. Do you see him repressing me? You saw it, didn't Yep, so I'm being repressed. That's how I feel today. Um, so here's what happened. Uh, about two weeks ago, I got a note from uh, Facebook saying, well, really, I guess it goes back to after the election. Uh, even though Joe Biden won and Trump lost, they really started ramping up enforcement uh, after the election. And I, I think a lot of it was the the conspiracies around the, the election stuff. And if anybody listens to this program, you know, we weren't on that team, right? Like, uh, we took, we, on, on COVID, we were initially like, let's voluntarily, uh, just until we figure out how this works, what's going on, you can assess it. Like, personally, just stay away from people. Don't use, go don't use government. That backfires. The lockdowns have just made things worse. But, you know, voluntarily distance yourself. Um, we didn't call it a hoax, you know, in the George Floyd protests, you know, so it's, it's funny because, um, in a lot of ways, this gave some of our more critical folks in the movement. See, if you're a woke leftist libertarian podcast, you're not even safe from the tech overlords. I saw some of that where it's like, see you, even if you, and, and this is one of the problems with censorship. It gives people who are uh, willing to use the greater censor in government uh, a leg up going, see, you can't even do the right thing. If you do the right thing, it doesn't matter. You're going to get taken out at some point. 
And we've said since 2018, since Alex Jones was taken down, you know, we were one of the few podcasts that supported Alex Jones and said, listen, this is going to happen to everybody. It, it started with AP and his Senate campaign against Josh Hawley. And, you know, then it happened to Liberty memes. And it was just very clear that Facebook was going to start moving um, against politics on its platform. And it was going to start with conservatives and libertarians because they're not the cultural force. Uh, if you hear any uh, conversation in the background, that is my associate producer who is visiting today and, and uh, is, uh, may ask for juice and donuts. So <laughs> we're, we're watching daddy fish in the background while mommy takes a nap. Um, uh, so here's the thing. Um, let's jump back to 2018. You know, I was very critical of these platforms for removing Alex Jones in a single day. And in really, it was very frightening that that happened, wasn't it, Harry? Yes, yeah, because they came in and they all there, you know, because it allowed that idea of the the cabal to go around and just start going after people, banning people, ticking down shows without any like good transparency. So it allowed those conspiracy shows or all those people to do that to be like, oh no, what's going on? And the sky is falling. But they went after the people, the undesirables, so everyone just kind of like, oh good, let them, let them go. We don't want them here. We anyway. don't want hackers or sex workers with Justin Foster. We don't want conspiracy theorists like Alex Jones. This, <laughs> you know, and it is true. This is their property. It's their right to do with it as they wish. Um, it's freedom of association they can say that chris spangle is a danger to the republicans should not have a platform on their property that's their right but i think it's ludicrous to pretty much everybody that if i'm uh, a danger to public discourse then we're in a we're in a, we have a problem <laughs> right like i mean even reinhold the most leftist amongst us harry uh the most anti-cancel culture it's all made up I heard him say that. Uh, I mean, Reinhold, this this is just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Uh, I don't know what you can, you know, we can we have the right to complain about it. We have the right to say that we don't think that's the smart thing for them to do. We have a right not to direct people to their product anymore, you know, or use their product anymore. Um, I think this is going to be what they're doing right now all these companies and, and trying to police it so that they can keep the Disney's and the, um, the, the big name people advertising with them. Is this going to push alternatives to come up that actually are better? Um, they're not there yet. I don't, I don't think they're there yet, but it will be better soon, you know, relatively speaking in the next couple of years, probably. Yeah. I, I you know, it's, it's the march further and further. And now, I mean, really, there was um, uh, an article out the other day. By the way, if you want official communique from Dear Leader while he is banned, please visit Christy Avery's page. She is the official Baghdad Bob for the We Are Libertarians Network. Uh, so I've had her posting things on my behalf. Um, let's see if I can find this article. Uh you know, it's, it's I've been like kind of like Donald Trump where I'm like, Christy, I need you to post this here. Let me write out this tweet. Please say this. Uh, but it's become increasingly clear, like you said, that these companies don't want to threaten their bottom line. Uh, I said on the show and many people did not believe me when I said 
this, that these platforms want to completely remove politics from their platforms. And, you know, looky here, um, published February 16th, Facebook is looking to reduce political content. What will that mean for Facebook marketing? Um, executive producer here. Hey, can you please go play with blocks over there? Okay. <laughs> uh, but they want to reduce political content because it threatens their deals with Disney and ABC. And the problem with these companies is that they built their back on independent content creators, giving people like me a voice. And, you know, it started in 2018. You know, here's what you have to understand about all of this. Mainstream journalists institutions like CNN, New York Times, the Indianapolis Star, your local newspaper, they lost almost all of their revenue to Facebook and Google. All those classified ads paid for the paper. And so they're more than willing to help destroy the reputations of these companies and look for people that are problematic in a way to kind of reduce their authority so you know they can try to recoup some of that. The, the Democrats and Republicans, too, and Josh Hawley see this as an opportunity to take a, a, a peg out of uh, the media also can diminish the voices of independent journalists. So they have less availability. Go type into YouTube a current event like Iraq and you will only see institutional outlets. You will not see we are libertarians. You will not see Lions of Liberty. You will not see Jimmy Dore. You will not see. Glenn Greenwald. You will only see institutions. And that's the way those institutions like it. So they're happy to report on cancel culture and censorship. Fox News loves to report on the double standard. CNN loves to report on, on the double standard. They do it to each other. And it's, it's to reduce independent voices. It's to reduce competition. Politicians are willing to do the same to their political opponents. And so who, who loses? Me, as the small independent content creator who's trying to start a brand, and you, the listener who wants to hear an independent voice from a different perspective and doesn't want to just hear the same old bullshit. And, you know, so it, it in 2018, you could really, from 2013 to 2018, get a tremendous amount of organic growth. It's how we got the We Are Libertarians Facebook page to 100,000, 20,000 on Instagram, you know, 10,000 on Twitter, uh, 2,500 subscriptions on YouTube, uh, 1,500 on email, you know, and that, that helped funnel people to the podcast, which is hundreds, uh, which is thousands of listeners um, every single episode. It helped, uh, but the main driver of growth was always SEO on Google and SEO in the uh, podcast directory. So if you look up libertarian, many of you found us because you just searched the word libertarian. And because we are the longest running libertarian podcast at this point with the highest quality, uh, Apple has graciously put us in their uh, promoted featured section. And we're one of the first people featured. I mean, I think we're number two after the libertarian by um, Richard Epstein. But social media does help our brand. If you go back and look at the numbers before the election, we were getting a million impressions on Facebook. That means a million people were seeing the words, we are Libertarians Podcast Network, above a meme or an article or a comment. 
It's now down to 70,000 a month. And why is that? It's because we self-censored on both Instagram and We Are Libertarians' big Facebook page. We basically said, we can't post memes or else it risks these assets, so we're going to stop doing that. And we walked away from hundreds of thousands of impressions a month of marketing our brand and driving up new, you know, building out new audience because we chose to self-censor and chose to walk away. There are um, different reasons why. First is the, the stupidity of Facebook. They want you to drive people to their website, to use their website, to use their tool. And the only way to get organic reach now is to pay them or to piss people off, to outrage them. And if you outrage them with a hot take, then you get a ton of lift. You get a ton of organic reach. If you don't, then you get nothing. You either have to pay them or you have to make people mad. But if you make people mad and you outrage them, then guess what? You get removed. You get tagged. Like apparently my account has been tagged for the the years of memes that I've posted. Uh, And... So in 2018, they basically shut off organic reach and you're only feeding 5% of your audience on your Facebook page. And you have to basically switch to paying them or outraging people in 2018. And so, you, you know, our reach on all my Facebook pages in 2018 went from tens of thousands of posts to hundreds of posts. And it slowly kind of crept back up, but they made a major algorithm change that totally deleveraged the power of pages. So they spent years saying to your local dentist office, quit making a personal profile for your dentist office and make a page, you know, and we'll reward you with algorithm reach. So everybody did that. And they said, okay, thanks. Here's a bunch of money. We've paid to grow our Facebook page. We have paid to build an audience there. We have essentially been business partners with Facebook and driving people and using that sandbox they get something out of it, which is feeding ads. We get something out of it, which is growing our brand. And 2018 was when I realized these are terrible partners. These are really bad partners. They don't care about being good business partners with me. And then in a single day, Alex Jones gets removed from 12 different outlets. And that's when I went, oh, they're also censors. They really are going to shut us down because of what we ideologically believe or because we talk about a certain vertical a certain genre of conversation it's only a matter of time before they just they can't do that to just one side and get away with it they will eventually do that to all sides and that's what started to happen now fast forward to the after this election we in our group talked a lot about the facts around what happened after the election not theories but posting articles about what was going on Inevitably, those would get tagged as fake news. If you posted an article from the Washington Post talking about what really happened in the election from the Washington Post and Facebook's point of view, and a single detail in that story would be changed because, surprise, surprise, news changes, facts changes, you learn more new information, they would then tag that with false information and say, this is no longer what it is, we've tagged it, you, you know. And then they also started, over the last six months, scanning memes and fact-checking memes. And so our Facebook group and our Facebook page and my personal account kept getting strikes. And I would bet that 
low end five, high end 10 a week community guideline strikes on both my account, our big page and our and our group. And we would say to people, you know, Harry would get notice notices because he's the only other admin on this stuff. You'd get notices saying you got to do what? Get rid of you, get you off the page, get the other moderators off the page or they're going to ban the group completely just ban it. It was low key, just Facebook, just telling me Spangles an issue because he's posting this stuff. Get rid of him. You know, it was, and I think even the last one, I think I showed you the screenshot of that one of that the meme apparently was so bad that uh, Facebook would even show me that meme, which I don't even know what meme it was because I don't get on Facebook all the time. So they removed it. I have still like I'm told what that yeah. meme was, but it's so bad. It's that 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 me. not only happens in our group, that happens in the pat down group, which is full of Democrats with ten thousand Democrats, basically. Uh, it happens on the big page. It happens on the Bob and Tom group, my day job group with 20,000 people that are largely just posting comedy memes. Mm-hmm. It's not ideological. It is an overcorrection by the, you know, they started with the, with the, cons- the, the, you know, the conspiracy theory types, quote unquote. And, you know, because conservatives and libertarians are kind of closer, then they sort of move to there, then they move the graft over. I would not be surprised if we find out at some point that Facebook has a list that they keep of people like me that if you are attached to certain accounts, you know, like they look at the graph, right? I can't use my sock account. So I have a private account that I keep with a hundred people in my life that I know personally where I post pictures of my nieces, my girlfriend, our life. And it's totally locked down because in 2017, people made some unfortunate comments about my family. And I just realized that I needed to make sure that all that was completely walled off and separate. That account is attached to no pages. That account is attached to no moderation of any type. That account is literally just to post pictures of of family and and vacations and stuff. Mm -hmm. I can't use that today because when they and if you get permabanned, you can't go through a VPN and sign up. You can't use a sock. People are now buying old accounts uh, to to reactivate their presence on Facebook. And eventually that'll get caught too. Um, so a couple, two, three weeks ago, I get a strike for 90 days that I can't advertise and I can't uh, live stream for 90 days because of a meme that I posted in 2018. It didn't show me the meme. I don't know what it was. It just said that this, it, it, it just told me I couldn't do my job, basically. I'm by day a video editor, video production, audio production, podcast production for not just my day job, but several clients. You know, my fear is that, you know, something happens to their pages because of its connection to my account on the graph. Um, you know, so I can't, I, I, I'm using a coworker's account to do certain things. Fast forward a couple weeks. Um, I post in the group uh, in January a meme of Jeffrey Dahmer at Five Guys saying uh, this doesn't taste like Five Guys. Very silly, very dumb, but apparently the uh, Cannibal Caucus over at Facebook found that to be uh, too edgy in a private Facebook group of 2,500 people that didn't really mind, thought it was funny, but it went against Facebook's community guidelines. Uh, so then I was blocked for seven days. They permanently removed the Facebook group. Uh, I have asked them to review that. I have no idea if they'll turn it back on. Um, now, 
at the very same time in the past week and a half, we've gotten two community guideline strikes on our YouTube channel. We can no longer stream. I can't upload. So I think I mentioned the first community strike. The second community strike was for spam on a Brian Nichols episode about gun rights. I asked them to clarify what that means, and I have no idea. And I have to tell you, if you listen to this podcast on YouTube, I apologize, but I'm removing the majority of the episodes from there, leaving only video, uh, and we will no longer be serving audio because my best guess is maybe that's what it is. Um, so unfortunately, if you listen there, you're going to have to to listen on a different platform like SoundCloud, the website, somewhere else. Um and so when you look back since January 6th, basically, uh, on what we've had to let go of as a brand, we've had to let go of an asset of 100,000. We've lost a 2,500-person group that has been the main driver of community, audience, Patreon funds over the last uh, three, four, five years that we've had that group, six maybe, um, t- you know, and the thing about the We Are Libertarians Facebook group and the brand itself the point of this brand is to model to people that libertarians and people of different political persuasions can be friends, can get along, can um, work together, cooperate. You've got people in our group like Ryan Lindsay from the far left and John Ulrich from the far right having conversations uh, about things, not always agreeing, but everybody kind of coming together, right? That's the point of what I try to do is to try to model how we can make some of these conversations work. I deeply believe in the liberal arts in the college sense, have a wide variety of, of base of information, um, you know, l- liberalism, right? Liberalism is people from different points of view voluntarily cooperating to produce prosperity, harmony, and peace. I mean, that is classical liberalism to a key. So, I oppose many conservatives and Republicans and Donald Trump because they're illiberal. And I spent a long time before that talking about the illiberalism of the left, too. And this is illiberal, you know, and and people who have said to me, hey, you should have been for Trump or else this wouldn't have happened. I'm sorry. One one side's illiberalism is not going to fix the other side's illiberalism. The thing that will fix illiberalism is to enact liberal values. And unfortunately, I tried to do that on these social platforms, and their response was, no thanks. You're a danger to public discourse. We don't really want that. We don't want, we don't want your memes. <laughs> and, and, and let me be care- like, let me say, if you're still on Facebook, you're still using this, memes are what it is. Like, it's the links, the boring-ass links on our Facebook page to the podcasts don't ever generate any outrage they generate therefore no clicks they generate no engagements but they also generate no trouble uh it's memes that will get you in trouble and it's not just memes that you are posting now it is memes that you posted five years ago because every time i have been banned on facebook i have in 2018 i interviewed liberty memes and lo and behold the person who had never been banned from facebook got a 30-day ban out of nowhere. Uh, I think I had been banned previously for 24 hours for a meme and it was pretty edgy. And so I was like, okay, I deserve that's that's right. I interview the guy from Liberty Memes after they get taken down about what happened. 
on Facebook Live. They take down that Facebook Live video and they put they they say, hey, you can't have this content interviewing Peter Gay about their their removal. So that pisses me off. So I take it and I re-upload it as a Facebook premiere. (laughs) And so they didn't ban me for that. They searched my account and found a word where I had basically said your, uh, it was during, it was a couple months before during the immigration crisis. And I said, you're making the good German argument that there are some Jews or, or I forget what the argument was, but I said something along those lines. And that's why I was banned for 30 days. I was making a historical argument. I was, Name-calling no one. I was, you know, dismissing no one's experience. I was not being bigoted in any way. I was making an argument that your argument reflects Nazi arguments, and you shouldn't do that. I get banned. I interviewed Dan Smots, who just lost his business, who just lost his accounts, who lost his wife's uh, Facebook account. I post that. I think that's partially what happened, is if you... Go on your Facebook page and highlight something that happened to someone else. Facebook then starts searching your account and looking for reasons to take you off of their platform. They don't want you talking badly about them. It sort of goes along like if you are um, an Amazon advertiser or no, it's in the YouTube terms of service. You can't talk bad about YouTube and be on YouTube because if they catch you, you're in trouble. Um, So Facebook doesn't want classical liberal discussion they don't want the liberal liberal arts applied in their private groups they don't want political discussion from multi points of view they don't want centrism they don't want far leftism they don't want far rightism they don't want politics they want you looking at cute dog photos liking it and then buying advertising so that's what it is and the selling point of facebook was that you're an independent publisher that has access to the public space Uh, to say what you think, and there are no barriers. There are no censors. And so if Facebook is like reneging on that promise, Harry got Harry's butthole clenched, so did mine. I was like, I need to say the E, (laughs) hard E. Uh, Then what's the point of using this? What what is the point of using Facebook? When I'm off my ban, I'm just not going to use it anymore. What's the point of it? Right. I'm going to keep my account because I like all my social logins and I need to use it for work. But I'm certainly just not going to interact there. If our group gets activated, I'm telling you right now, our, when our Facebook, if it gets reactivated, I'm using it to drive you somewhere else. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is the, is the next step. Harry and I plotted some stuff out last night. Um, as for YouTube, they are scanning videos. They are scanning the they are transcribing the videos and then banning people based on what you say. I haven't seen that in the news. I can just tell you as somebody who spends their life working in YouTube, that's what they're doing. Um, There's no way that they could know what is happening in a video without doing it, something along those lines. Um, And unfortunately, like, um, on a personal note, (laughs) you know, I got into radio in 2004, And my dream as a kid was to be a talk radio show host. And I grew up listening to Rush, and I grew up admiring the National Review guys and wanted to be a conservative talk show host, you know, and got into radio. 
and worked in radio. And let me tell you, radio is not a great, uh, you know, it's it's centralizing. I'm, I'm not going to badmouth the, the industry that employs me because I don't want to upset my my employers. But like nobody looks at radio and goes, wow, there's a lot of job opportunities there for independent talk. Like what Austin Peterson does in uh, Kansas or Missouri or whichever, it's the same thing. Uh, is remarkable because there are very few people who have like a local radio show like that. Uh, so it's a credit to him. Um, so I was like, all right, this industry is just, it's going to be really hard to break in. Let me start my own thing. So I started We Are Libertarians in 2012, grew it into an empire, grew it into a well-respected brand, the longest running libertarian podcast now, um, you know, with over 24 shows in the history of the network, over, uh, 1100 episodes across the, the network. Um, you know, one of the biggest Patreons, I mean, this, this, that, you know, thousands of listeners every episode. And, and we've built something really great here around a strong set of principles that we think will make society better and healthier um, while having fun doing it. And it's the fun that got us. <laughs> um, the no fun police uh, said, no, thank you. Um, and, and we've done that in partnership with Facebook. I mean, I'm not being canceled. I'm not being oppressed. Uh, I still have the ability to talk to thousands of people through my podcast feed. Uh, it scares the shit out of me that Apple and Spotify and some of these companies are starting to censor their directories uh, because what is happening on social is going to end up happening on those directories, which is why I'm so thankful for Adam Curry setting up the independent podcast directory that he is. Uh, it's why we need to oppose uh, Spotify from closing off the RSS podcast world and keeping it open source. We'll talk about MySpace in a minute, Harry. Um, so I guess I've never felt more discouraged about my future career and the and the career that I've been trying to build over 20 years. And a lot of ways, I don't, like I said, I don't feel like I'm a victim. I don't feel oppressed. I feel like one of these dudes who worked in Anderson, Indiana at the auto plant and just watched my whole industry move to Mexico in 1998. Uh, I don't know how we do comedy. I don't know how we do uh, political talk. I don't know how we do any of this um, in the future because this isn't a left-right problem. It, it reminds me exactly of 2005, 2006, um, right after Janet Jackson. Working in radio, I'm working at a small station, uh, I'm a producer, but I'm on the air a little bit. And I say scumbag on the air. I call us a politician, a scumbag. And the program director comes in the next break and peeks his head in and he goes, you need to see me after the show. I go, okay. So I go, go in and see him and he goes, you can't say scumbag on the air. I go, why? He goes, scumbag's a condom. And so we could get fined for that. Exactly. Who the hell ever knew that scumbag was a condom? The, the, you're learning it for the first time. And I go, well, that makes no sense. So what can, I, what can I say or can't I say? And he said, generally, you can't say any kind of bodily excretion of any kind. You can't talk about the action. You can't identify the particular holes. You have to be very clinical. But really, you should just self-censor and avoid it altogether. He said, okay. And I said, so it was like, if I go to the FCC website, is there some guidance on this stuff? Oh, no, they don't tell us the guidance. They just find you afterwards. Because, and I said, so who's, who's responsible for that? How does this work? 
And he said, there's some little old lady who gets her church group riled up, writes Michael Powell, Colin Powell's son, working for the Bush administration, and they fine you for violating community standards. And that's how it works. So in those days, it was the Christian conservatives doing it. And, um, you know, the Howard Stern would say at the time, like, who's community standards? And it's the same with community guideline strikes. Why is Facebook in charge of saying to my community of 2,500 people that it is not in their interest to see a funny meme about uh, five guys, right? Like, what is really harmful about me posting that in a private group? Because my community thinks that's funny. I'm sure the victims of the family don't. I'm sure Jeffrey Dahmer's family don't. But, like, at a certain point, I have tried, and I think people understand this, to be very thoughtful and respect. I work for a comedy radio show. I work in the comedy industry. I'm on a comedy podcast that's consistently the top 100 of the comedy charts, tens of thousands of listeners a week. I try very hard to be thoughtful about who's on the other side of that joke while still being funny, trying to work at being funny while, while trying to remember that somebody is the butt of a joke and so how do you make a joke without making it hurtful to people? Something I ne- I didn't consider a lot when I was younger, but now that I get older and I talk to people and I have a bigger frame of reference, I can still be funny without trying to be mean about it, right? Um, and, I, and I part ways with people who say, you know, like, that's just comedy. People, should, people are going to get hurt. I know you're right, but I can strive to be better. I can try to do better. But at a certain point, like, What's the virtue of trying? (laughs) Like if you can't, if you can't get in public squares and and do fairly innocuous jokes and have classically liberal conversations that conservatives, Democrats and libertarians all tend to to engage in and agree on. What are we doing? You know, I mean. I think people will largely look and go, okay, well, I get why you'd want to take a neo-Nazi off of a website, right? And not like the Washington Post called them a neo-Nazi, but like a literal, like David Duke, right? I get why Facebook, I I, I don't agree with taking them off because I think then they hide in the shadows and and reproduce quicker. You've got to have sunlight on this stuff, right? You've got to have conversations because if you have conversations, people like me, right? Like, my view towards women, my view towards people of color, my view towards a lot of things, um, you know, 10 years ago is a lot different than it is today because I'm out in the public. I'm talking to hundreds of thousands of people a week. The amount of editing that you get from audiences from different stripes, the pat down audience is uh, uh, many people of color, um, very female. The We Are Libertarian audience is largely middle class white men. Um, the, the Bob and Tom audience is more of a conservative rural audience. Uh, you know, uh, several of the podcasts that I like the leaders and legends podcast, like that's a very affluent local audience. Like I'm talking to a tremendous amount of people on a weekly basis and the feedback is helpful, right? There's mm-hmm. you, you, you want the feedback because then you go, all right, I see their point or they're being sensitive. This is, I'm fine. You know what I mean? Like I'm talking to a lot of different ranges of people and um, there's a general uh, consensus of what is like, you know, to be effective, you, you've got to be, to, to be persuasive. You can't be abusive, you know? So I try not to abuse audiences or abuse. I, I try to punch up 
but I just try to to uh, get people to think about certain things in in a different way and and get them to think about it in um, a non offensive manner. And I'm kicked off of all these social networks. Like it's you just literally go. I I don't know. I, I've just never felt uh, as a creator less. I, I just feel demoralized. I feel uh, totally uncertain about the future. Um, I will say I have absolutely no plans of stopping doing this show. I'm going to do it as long as I can, but I will say that um, I feel less confident in growing We Are Libertarians into the next Cato or Reason Magazine uh, today than I did a week ago or two years ago. Um, and, and that's really uh, – it, it's for somebody that's put their heart and soul into this for almost 10 years, um, who, who has worked in politics for 15, 20 years uh, – it, it 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 just sucks. <laughs> There's no way around it. It sucks. Um, and I appreciate everybody who's written in and said, you know, keep going. I'm I'm going to. I mean, I'm not. Like I said, we've got a big audience here. We've got a Patreon uh, that I want to continue to serve. Um, you know, in terms of the kind of show that we're going to do, we're going to keep doing a lot of the same show, but we'll, we'll we're going to have a little more fun with it. Uh, Harry and I had a long talk last night, um, and just kind of take the pressure off because. You know, if I don't have the tools of social media, I don't I don't know how to the only way I can grow this is you tell your friends about it. The only way that that Brian Nichols show that Remzo Martinez's show that Trisha's show, my show, the only way this grows is if you guys talk about it and share it with your friends via text message, like because my tools of marketing this are gone. <laughs> like, I don't I don't have any other way to tell people about the show other than just hope they find us and then you guys telling your friends about it. Um you know, and 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 I don't uh I, I, how do I fight it, right? Like I have an in at Facebook that I've reached out to. I haven't heard anything back. Uh they're not going to do anything. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm, I'm kind of saving the really like big Trump card at Facebook for in, in case something happens to the work account that I service. Um, so, you know, we're just going to have fun here. Keep teaching you about the world and the way that, that the three of us see it. Bring on some fun folks. Have a good time every Saturday morning with each other. Um, and, and just uh, not worry about the future. Um what sucks is the loss of community of that Facebook group. Um, you know, I want to thank Jackie zombie for her contributions, financial contributions over the last, uh, few days. Like that's been really meaningful. Um, I want to thank all of our patrons. That's, that's been huge, especially a hundred dollar a month folks. That's a big, big pledge. Uh, and it's needed now more than ever, to be honest with you. Um, because we're looking at what, how do we stream the show? How do we build a community? That's going to take m more money out of my pocket, out of that Patreon money um, to, to build that kind of stuff because the free tools are going away and not just free tools, but like tools that we monetized that help put money back in. Right. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's just bullshit. It sucks. It's, not surprising it's their product they can they can do with it what they want but i will tell you i want to show you something um that i think you'll find interesting 
and I will say Twitter. Uh, so I've been shadow banned on Twitter. That is the extent of how much they've ever censored me. <laughs> uh, Facebook is by far the worst of these. Uh, I just think as a as a platform, as a look at the way that Google was founded. Right, we want to democratize the internet and make it open to all. Look at the way Facebook was founded. We're going to steal some code to pick up chicks. So this is kind of a scummy company anyways, and really fuck these people. I don't care what happens to Facebook. I just really don't anymore. Like they're, you know, you're, you're talking to someone that when it came to IUPUI in 2005 got on, if you go and look at, you know, my uh, uh, ID number, I'm number 19 million. I was a super fan of this brand and they have turned me into somebody that hates them. And I don't know how you actually get people to uh, ever, like, why Why would anyone ever want to uh, engage in this audience? Not videos. Where are we going? Where? So when you go to, maybe they've taken it down now. Probably. Audio. Taking everything else. Yeah. <laughs> I want someone to make one of those memes like, look what they've taken from you. Uh, and put my face on it. Oh, man. Um, no, maybe it's over here. I think they've taken a lot from people. You know, in like, people especially talk. like some of the permaband of the accounts. That's who I feel bad for is the people who were told that they could put their family photos on that, on that site, yeah. bought that lie that their photos would always be safe, get a permaband, and then their family photos are gone. Okay, so when you look at the unlikes, look at the unlike sources. Uh, you guys can see this, right? Uh, it's kind of small. Okay. Um, all right, that's just January 9th. I want to do the whole quarter here for you. All right. When you go look at the unlike sources, number one up here is deactivated accounts. It's 961 in the last quarter, December 21st to March 20th. 43%. So the next is unlikes from our page or post. That's normal. Other suspicious account removals, 12%. So you've got, let's be honest, 273 accounts were probably not bots on our page. So you've got over 50% of people are probably conservatives or libertarians that just walked away from Facebook or got their account shut down. You know, over a thousand people. And every other brand that I run, those numbers are similar. People are walking away from these pages. I mean, just look at the total page likes, you know, starting at 99,000, it was 100,000. Now it's down to 97. It's just, and it's literally people just walking away from these platforms, wanting nothing to do with them. So I think Facebook knows that their their days are numbered. Um, you know, my girlfriend's family is a lot of younger folks. None of them are on Facebook, it, you know, so um it's it is what it is but uh but yeah so i have no idea what we do next uh I'll, I, I i'm kind of in a mood where uh you know the libertarian movement in a lot of ways is is i just don't want to fight anymore i'm just done fighting i don't have the stomach for it anymore i don't have the passion for growing the libertarian party like i did 15 years ago i just you know, I love talking to this audience and I love talking about libertarian ideas. Um, I'm a little burnt out on current events. Um, you know, and Harry just said to me last night, like, why do we have to talk about the news every week? You know, what? Well, let's talk about some other stuff. 
So if you're an audience member, I would love for you to write in and say, hey, I want to learn about this, but I don't have time. It doesn't have to be political. It could be a history thing, a religion thing. It can be um, a car thing or a tech thing from Harry. You know, uh, We may just do some other stuff for a couple months just so uh, I don't have to read the news because I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I'm just so burnt out on it. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of being mad about things that I can't really change. The only thing that I have the power to do is is to change myself and to talk to you about how I'm working on myself and what I think is interesting and hopefully it influences you in some way. Um, you know, I can't force you to do anything. So, uh, like I said, I'm disappointed and I knew the day was coming. I hope that it wouldn't. I'm disappointed that these brands that I partnered with have kind of betrayed us. But in a way, it's freeing because I can now walk away from these platforms because if I'm not using them to market this, then there's no point to use them. And I don't, I have, I have probably 4,000 books in my house that I'd love to read. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like putting there reading social media all day is just not good for me. It doesn't help. Um, It may change the show because we're not going to be as keen on what is in your social feed. I, I doubt it. I mean, and we'll still do exactly what we do here every single week, um, you know. Uh, but I just am kind of relieved that I can just walk away from these platforms. I will still be writing and podcasting. You can just find it at chrisbangle.com. I'd ask if, if I'm going to give you one call to action. It's to sign up for our email newsletter uh, at wearelibertarians.com. You're going to get a daily email from us with a ton of great news and information links to the other podcasts I'm writing at chrisbangle.com. You'll be signed up for both email services. If you sign up at we're libertarians.com and you know, in terms of marketing, all I'm asking you to do is just share the show. That's all I'm going to do. I, I'm not, I, I'm going to work on a, uh, a couple history podcasts uh, and I'm going to put some effort into marketing those in the future. The first one up that is going to start here in the next month or so. I know I've mentioned this a bunch of times, but uh, we really do have like, we're really close to recording the first episode, but a Dan Carlin like podcast, Matt Whitliff and I are putting together a four season podcast called ideological origins. And it's going to be for our $10 a month and up patrons. And it is going to be a look at how a historical look tracing the lineage of the of why we think what we think today. Like, why do you think the way that you do? Where did this idea come from? Um, we're starting all the way back in the uh, we're using Britain kind of as a model because those are readily available sources and it's kind of close to our politics. And so we're we're starting there back in the Roman times and talking about the Ro- Roman form of government in Britain and how that influenced it. And we're going to work all the way up to the age of Trump um, over the next few years. And uh, only our patrons can get it. We may make it a public thing at some point long term in the future. But for now, um, the the first one, we're recording the first one next month. And man, I've been reading 500 page books for about the last year. (laughs) And I know Matt has just put a ton of work into this and it's going to be really cool. Um, and it's only going to be for patrons of We Are Libertarians. So make sure you sign up at the ideological origins level. Uh, but I think you're going to really love that. And, you know, it's it's going to be a ton of fun. And I'm really enjoying it. And I think you're going to get a lot out of it. Uh, in terms of marketing, like I said, in terms of, you know, the content here, we're not changing a thing. We're not going anywhere. We'll still be here every Saturday morning. 
um, and uh, just talking about a bunch of different variety of, of issues. In terms of the We Are Libertarians network and platform, man, just keep supporting our hosts. Like Brian Nichols is doing such a good job on his show. Rimzo is doing such a great job on his show. Trisha is firing her show back up. Go support those three hosts. They're doing a great job, and we're not the only show that's getting hit. Those three shows are going to lose the marketing for their show too. And one of the one of the benefits of being on our network was the giant blowtorch of social platforms and tentacles that we had. And so, you know, it, it's a it, it's a blow to those shows too. And 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 they're doing really really good work. And I, I hope you go listen to them and check them out and and just support them as creators because they're great people, great friends, and we hope to move them all to Indiana soon. Um. The only thing, Harry, that I'm worried about, that I care about, is the community. So, you know, we have, you know, and this is the this is the kind of the dumb argument. Just make your own Facebook. Yeah, make your own Facebook. Mm-hmm. We we have uh, an incredible audience here. We have. Tens of thousands of people that are in across, you know, our MeWe, our Minds, our email newsletter list, our different pot, you know. Um, but I don't want. I love Bill Ottman and Minds. I think Bill Ottman is totally in on free speech. I think MeWe too. But you look at Parler, and I don't know. And so what I want this portion of the show to be now is kind of like have a conversation, a quick conversation with Harry, like um, where do we go from here to build community? Is bird safe? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I'm not, I'm not spending the next 20 years of doing this podcast, driving people to another Facebook. I'm not going to build my platforms on other people's turf. I don't care if it's a Facebook-sized public marketplace. I want something that we control. I want something that isn't cancelable. I want something that is functional and usable. I know you have wanted us to do this since 2013, but the reality is it's very hard to get people to leave. At the time, I was right. You can't get people to leave Facebook when Facebook has such good features, and that's where they're at. You've got to... It's not that you were wrong. It's a timing issue. You've got to wait till people get it. People rolled their eyes at me when I said we'd be next. It happened to us at some point. It's here. So now, if we want to build community, I think you've got two answers. Let's talk about the first. Liberty and Chill. Uh, I had a great time last night with you and your friends at Liberty and Chill um, over on the east side. If you're in Indianapolis, every Friday night at 6 p.m. at Triton Brewing Company, you can find out... uh, how to set up your own Liberty and chill at we are libertarians.com. There's a, a wooden badge there and we'll make some uh, graphics for you. There's a logo there that you can download and use and just set it up. I don't, you don't need me centralizing how to do it. Just go grab that material, steal the name, set it up just like Harry. We, we teach you how to give you all the directions. Talk about Liberty and chill and what that brings to your life and why is it important? Liberty and chill is important because one, it gives that sense of community that the social network sites help break that broken up, especially if you're in a city or a location where, you know, you probably didn't grow up here or if the friends that you grew up with 
they all moved away or have different thoughts or have gotten busy because it is it helps especially the people in the group is that this is the scheduled time that i have for myself to go hang out with my friends in real life and meet space you know yes we can get online and talk and communicate but the idea that this thing is on my calendar i'm going to go do this it is that same feeling you get from going to the gym when it's on your calendar you're doing yoga it's that me time that's on your schedule is like no I'm actually like going to schedule out that I'm going to go hang out with people in a community in real life and talk to people. It is, it is just, it's a bag. It's a breath of fresh air and the staleness, which is the quote unquote new normal. It's has been this way for a long time, but even now it's even, it's so, it's such a gigantic fresh air because everyone's so far away from each other. The most of the time, Every meeting's online. Every meeting's on, is a is a uh, is just one of these cam to cam uh, like platforms somewhere, and you just want to. I just want to talk to someone and I want to have some food. And if I choose to drink, you can drink if you want to. Trust me. I'm the only one drinking at, at, at our Liberty and chill. I was, <laughs> um, I, I almost felt like it's so funny. Cause I had, uh, I, I am in college and, uh, went and met in person with my advisor yesterday. And he's like, I thought you'd just do a zoom. Why'd you come all the way down here when you don't have to I go? I just wanted to see people. You know, I just I haven't been on campus since 2005 and I've been going to college there for, for the last two semesters. And like, I don't feel a part of it. You know, it feels like I'm taking a LinkedIn learning thing. Um, so I wanted to go go to the campus. It was so fun, you know, and then I went and walked in to hang out with a group of people. And it was like, am I allowed to do this? And you know what? You are <laughs> like, here's the thing. And and it. We are in a we are getting in better shape with COVID, and I know you know Reinhold may have a difference of opinion on on in person gatherings um, right now, but I think where when twenty five percent of Indiana, for instance, is vaccinated, another twenty has tested positive for it with antibodies or or with it, we're getting into good shape. And let's just be frank. All right, it's you can still get it right. So like Indianapolis has flown in. Thousands of people for March Madness. March Madness is being held all in Indiana, specifically Indianapolis. This is a big gamble, but the city really needed it to bring it back. This city thrives on convention business and hotel business. And there's 88,000 people in Indianapolis out of a million that are connected to the hospitality and travel industry. So COVID and the riots were a big hit to this city. And hosting March Madness here is a huge, huge win for the for the city right so you're flying thousands and thousands of people here i want to see if there's a big spike here on the other side of that mm-hmm. there wasn't a big spike after the 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 protests for for lockdowns and that's when i started to go okay that's a good piece of data there weren't big spikes then the floyd protest there weren't big spikes after the floyd protests there weren't big spikes after the super bowl in tampa Let's see what happens with March Madness. Like these data points, like we can't have the same mindset about the danger of the disease in March of 2021 that we did in March 2020. You have to factor in your personal risk based on these data points. But some referees come to town. They don't have room service at their hotel. They get a pass to go to a restaurant. They sit in a restaurant for an hour and have dinner. And they all test positive for COVID, right? So, you know... 
you've got to you've got to understand your risks and evaluate. That's how it should have always been. People need to understand their personal risks and evaluate accordingly. And everybody pitch in and, and try to mitigate that risk, especially until we can get to where we're at now, right? Yeah. And you to know, be but, honest, they didn't catch that. They didn't catch COVID at the restaurant. They had COVID. It just showed its signs when they finally got tested. After you know, I don't know, back. you're not you're not a doctor. Neither am I. You just play one on, on your wife. But let's uh, let's just be realistic here, okay? We're we're getting back to you know there was this great video of Israel. So Israel did uh, their vaccination message way different than the Biden administration, Dr. Fauci, which has been you know you got to be careful after you get all this. Uh, you got to be you got to be safe because there is like a two to three week period that you still like you, you know. There, there's some risk. Um, man, where, where'd it go? I'm sorry. Uh, but Israel did the exact opposite, which was once you get the vaccine, you can you can go back to normal. Um, and this, oops, excuse me. This is what uh, Tel Aviv looks like now. And this is what, it, this is basically what the country in America, I believe, is going to look like, you know, this summer. Uh, Buy some stock in Live Nation and and bars or whatever. So if you're listening, you're listening on the you're one of the tens of thousands of people listening and not one of the dozen watching. Um, That was a group of a lot of 20 somethings at a bar on the street, dancing on tables, having fun, just packed, no masks, because like half the country is vaccinated there at this point. Like they've just they've made a really big effort of like, hey, we're going back to normal. Everybody as soon as everybody gets the vaccine and it's totally changed, you know, it's so. Yeah, um, the music is gonna probably gonna get us hit on Twitch. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I care that about that. Yesterday, when I was talking about what we're gonna do when everything starts going back to normal in a couple months, and you know, people are like, "It's never going back to normal." This is all these people are, you know, and it's like, do you not do, do people not see what the economic boom is going to be like in the next yeah. six months? You've got people sitting on one. People are sitting on here on one point seven trillion in extra savings before that fourteen hundred dollars. You know, people are going to maintain the the habit that they've had of tipping extra. You know, and and, and Brian Nichols makes a good point. Like people like us here in Indiana don't understand what it's really like in California and Pennsylvania, where like Brian can't get a haircut, he can't go to the gym, he's not living a normal life. But people in Indiana have lived since normal, like a normal life since June. You know, it's it's <laughs> there's still some restrictions. The bar restrictions need to be lifted. Um, but when you look at the numbers in Indianapolis, like Rimzo came out to Indianapolis a month ago and he was like, holy shit, people are shopping here. They're eating inside restaurants because he's from Virginia. I go, yeah, it's been like this the whole time. And you compare our numbers to California's, you compare our numbers to Pennsylvania's, Indy to Philly. The lockdowns aren't doing that much. You're just killing small businesses. You're just killing people. Like you're creating public health crisis for for no reason whatsoever. That was was the whole point of trying to get people to wear a mask at at some point in the last summer. It was to kind of get people to be able to go out again and do the economic thing again. 
uh, in a way that was somewhat safe. You know, they put up the the plexiglass barriers in a lot of stores. People were starting to wear masks and social distance, but still being able to go out and do things, right? And that helped keep a lot of the businesses that were really close to failing to still kind of have a way out. I mean, a lot of a lot of restaurants started doing carryout service that they weren't used to doing very much. Yeah, a lot of that innovation is thick. I've been getting carry out for years just because of the situation I'm in where it's just, I haven't actually sat in a restaurant Nate for uh, a long time. Right. You have so, a different set of parameters than I do. You know, I, right. I had it. I, you know, I am uh, younger. I don't live with someone that has preexisting conditions. You do, you take care of people with, with preexisting conditions. Like you have a different set of parameters, yeah. you know, but there's no, and this is the point that I tried to make last year. Like, we can talk about government control, but like, there's not enough of them to stop us at a certain point, you know. And if you can coordinate and gather people together, then you can throw throw this stuff off because we don't live in a tyrannical society. We th- we often talk about it in those terms, but we're so poorly networked together. In, in a social way and have become too dependent on the digital way that we're somewhat less, we're much less powerful actually than you look at Cincinnati in 1887, right? Like we don't, we have atrophied some of our power for these digital spaces and we're going back to normal this year, whether Gavin Newsom, Andrew Cuomo, Eric Holcomb think we are or not. I'm not wearing, I'm like, I'm done with it. I've retired from the pandemic, right? And like, that's just, I, I, we gave our year of service. Um, but now we're going back to normal and they can, they can like it or not. But I, you know, the, the reality is that the world is moving back to where it was. It's, right. and, and these local governments have, uh, they don't really want to keep losing all this sales tax. They don't really want to keep losing all the property tax and all the taxes that come with it. So they're incentivized to get everybody back too. Um, but you're always going to have petty tyrants like the mayors of Seattle or, or the governors of New York and California. I mean, and in-person networking, like we're talking about with Liberty and Chill, is a, an incredibly powerful um, thing to do. And you know, I was telling Harry last night, I just read this book about the American Turner movement which was 1840s to the to basically the first world war started in Cincinnati. And so the American Turners, I just finished a book on it called the Cincinnati Turners and it started in Germany. They created gymnastics. And then in 1848, everybody, there was a big move to America and because Germans were not allowed into polite society and didn't have access, they created their own community system and you know this is this is typical of any minority group or immigrant group that moves here there's a long period of self-sustaining support because they don't have access to the majority because the majority keeps them oppressed and so the germans you know here in indianapolis we have the rathskeller or the anthenaeum there's a, the turn of air and apartments there's a big building on the south side across from lily if you're from indianapolis that's a turn of air that just got bought and turned into office space and these Turnaverans um, were the community center, basically. You went to the Anthenaeum or the Rathskeller uh, here in Indianapolis. If you lived in that part of town, 
to go to church services, to go to the gym, to go to the gym and do gymnastics. You went there for to hear political speeches. You went there for dinner and meals with friends. You went there for, um, you know, all these different to, to hear intellectual conversations, to have conversations, but also to hear lectures from local intellectuals on certain things and traveling intellectuals. It was a complete like it, it was meant to build up the individual. And they were very influential in pushing Midwestern cities towards liberalism because they were so banded together and tightly networked and built a power base. And they also, because of the strength of these communities, German American descendants of which I am one were, were given the benefit of more generational wealth and have a, had a strength, a strengthened position in the 20th century because these, uh, networking opportunities existed. And, you know, when we start talking about what community is next for the We Are Libertarians folks, I want the people that listen to this show to be leaders like that, to set up these community uh, groups that, that push each other to be better, that help each other get jobs, that help each other lose weight, that help each other, like, work out their pro- like social interaction that strengthens your community, that is the center of welfare in your community that is the center of taking care of other people's kids when they're sick. You know, I, I don't want the conversation to first and foremost be, are we choosing me? We are minds. Cause that's marketing. That's not community. Community is Liberty and chill. It's what Harry and his friends have. And so uh, I'd really love everybody to consider pushing out of your comfort zone, carving out an hour of week, a, a week, to set up something that is not political. Yes, use use libertarianism and use politics to get it set to get the ball rolling, but Harry, it's not a political thing, is it? No, no, it's more of a community. Like, yes, we talk politics, that's who we are, but it's it's not all about that. You know, we game, we talk about games, we plan gaming events, uh, we help each other out with even like our kids or birthday parties or um, I think we've talked about uh, cooking. Um, Vincent Cooper here in the Twitter and the Twitch chat, you know, like he's been ready to come over to, you know, because I got a new smoker, wants to try out uh, some of my ribs on it, so I'm trying to get out into smoke and shape back again after the uh, long winter season rest, you know, but uh it's that interrupt, like I said, it's that community interaction that gets you to like interact with people and your thing because this is what social networking kind of stole from us. It's uh, it it stole a lot more. Uh, the one thing I would like a lot of people don't understand how much this stole from it. Like people who have was on the internet for a long, uh, the 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 elders of the internet understands how much these platforms stole from people like reinhold understands how much stuff this is stole from you the switch from analog to digital doing things analog right you had to be you had to know about your product you had to know a little about something to get it to get the device or something to do what you wanted to this new age of digital cloud first cloud only They've bought into these platforms because it's so easy, so quick to get up and running, and then they've got you. They have you by, you know, they've got you. You've anchored themselves to them. That's why it was so hard when some services like, well, we set up AWS. Well, their Lambda servers and Elastic Beanstalk is, yeah, it's great. You could build all these products, but now you're stuck because all your code is based off that now. It's not as simple as like, well, I'll just download my VM. Yeah, but that VM owns just running VMware because you didn't put VMware up there to run. 
You know, that's you're all totally built on AWS. And that's what they've done to uh, Facebook did to all these small businesses that said, don't build your own website, come to Facebook. So they, some of them even let go of their, um, their ICANN, their uh, web addresses, their domains, which is, which is goofy. And they've gotten, they alienate a lot of web website designers. Like, well, what do I need you for? I've got a Facebook. I can click, 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 click and make my thing and direct people there. And now look, uh, you've got to get off because you're not getting the reach that you need. Well, I do want to say something here too, that social media and the internet has done a lot of good stuff right as far mm-hmm. as community building because when i grew up i grew up in a very small town where we had like 40 people in my graduating class right so everybody knew everybody and my personality and tastes were different than 99 percent of the people who live there right but so i always felt that i was wrong in what I wanted, what I liked, and what I believed in, and what I what I wanted to do, you know. Um, when I finally got to where I could be in larger groups of people, I realized I wasn't that there were other people who thought and felt like I did. Uh, the internet helps to f- discover that for a lot of people, where it's like, you know, you don't have nobody local to talk to, you have no no friends to talk to. You can get it on the internet, and you find out there's thousands of other people who feel the same way you do. And then you can coordinate that into getting into, uh, you know, local places, meeting groups, you know, like we're talking about with Liberty and Chill. But it does open up so much information to us and it opens up so much ability to to communicate with people who who we want to communicate with and, and hang out with. Now, there's a downside to that in the fact that now you have people siloing, you know. And getting into into these these groups, but not interacting with people who might be outside of that um, community or you know thought space. So we have to we have to learn how to live with this. And I think that people are still trying to figure it all out. That's the real problem here. The problem I have with with Facebook is that, and and YouTube to a degree too, is that they tell you that they don't want you to break their community standards, but they don't very well define it. And then when you do, you find out that nobody's making that decision. It's just an algorithm that's running and scrolling through stuff and it's flagging off something that they've determined um, should be part of this determination from the AI and hits it. No one's seen that. No one's sitting there looking at your Facebook page or going through it and scrolling through it and going, oh, I don't like this, and then clicking a button. I mean, that's not what's happening. It's it's all just guessing. And I posted stuff. Uh, I got what was funny is I got a 30 day ban for going live and a 30 day ban for um, advertising for a meme that I posted, which was a cartoon that was published in a newspaper, a major newspaper, right? Syndicated. Um, all I did was post that meme. They, they hit me with the, the ban. Uh, I appealed it. They said, you're right. We shouldn't have pulled this. They put it back on Facebook and took away my ban, and then re-enabled the ban again immediately. So I still had the 30-day ban, even though the, the meme that I posted that was so horrible was still out there on, on Facebook. It, it, nobody's paying attention to this. And the worst part is if you have any questions, if you just want to know why, say, you know, I made a mistake. I, I didn't realize. Uh, can you just explain to me what I did wrong here so that I could avoid it in the future? No one's there to tell you that, right? 
it's it's so poorly i i am all for moderation for facebook to moderate their environment Mm -hmm. but they have to you know there has to be actual moderation they're not doing that they're just writing code and letting the code figure it out for himself this is the the uh skynet of the future right here right i mean they're like uh like the wooden journey says no customer service they don't have enough people twitter only has 300 people moderating you know that's not that many people facebook outsources it they all outsource it sorry i had a lunchable emergency so i had to take a break well the yeah well, because that's where everything has gone now. Like, we're just going to automate it, automate that, send it to the code, let the code do it, automate the this, automate that. It, and it's those sticking points. That's the issue. There's no human quality control. And you can, and you see things that actually have, you know, human quality control still. Like, wow, this is built nice, human quality control. This is built crap, robot quality control. <laughs> yeah, but then you, know, you get into how, why is that happening? Why, why doesn't Facebook just hire a bunch of people? You know, well, can they pay them at a wage that is cost effective to them to just sit there and read through emails and or posts and things like that? No, they don't have. What that. What are the chances, well, Harry? That dollars an hour that's expensive. Do you think it's just coincidental that I'm getting hit on two different networks, YouTube and Facebook? Is it coincidental, or do maybe they outsource it to some sort of? third party that does moderation and you get put on a list and the, then they go around because I get like why an Alex Jones gets removed from 12 at the same time. Cause everybody wants to get put on the press release, but it just seems really weird that we're getting hit multiple times on two different platforms. Okay. First off three things. One, yes, Wicked Kinder, go ahead and build a web server. Two, it's not, it's, the coincidence is more of the idea of that you may have like the same moderators work for the same, for different sites or different companies because what they're, a lot of them don't really work for YouTube or Google or Facebook or something like that. They work for a third party agency that they outsource it to. And those moderation teams may work for other teams. And as you know, like people talk or people do different things. It's like, wait a minute, I've already got this guy banned on his other site because I'm going to make my day easier and just start the day by banning you here. It's just going to make it easier. You just search for you. Like I've already banned this guy. He's in my emails. I know it's probably going to come over. It'll just be easy to do this, you know, or just do it this way. It's just so people like an easy day, you know, or I don't want to see his stuff anymore, or it's just easy. Or I've wrote this script if I ban them here on this one platform, the moment I clock in on this other platform, it just does it for me again. Yeah, we are libertarians. Facebook group, we are libertarians. YouTube, like it's probably the same thing. I, and I have no idea if that's the truth or how any of that works. We're just speculating. We're all speculating. Right. We're, yeah, it's all speculation because there's no transparency to the process. But right. It's like Mas- but, Mastodon does something similar too, where they just they have these lists of approved um, federation partners, and if you mm-hmm. if you sign up for those lists then you automatically ban a whole bunch of servers from Federation. Mm-hmm. So Harry, what I'd like to do next week, we'll start wrapping up, but what I'd like to do next week is have you walk us through how to set up some online community. I want, I wanted to talk about the in-person cause I think that's the most important. Like when, mm-hmm. when the civil war recruiters came to Cincinnati Turner events, you know, they were in heaven because they had so many guys sign up that were all fit gymnasts that like the, the raging ninth or whatever it was called, you know, 
and I'm not saying we should build groups for army recruiters, but I'm saying like there was such a strong sense of community and they were so well networked together that they changed the course of Cincinnati politics because they had so, you know, started to influence Kentucky and Indiana politics. And it German Americans in the Turner movement became so powerful that world war one was used as an excuse to delete that power, basically um, through violence, basically clans group clan groups came through and, and started, you know, it's why people changed their name from German names to Americanized names. Um, but what I, you know, I just think in person, we're going to talk a lot more. That's one of the po- history podcasts that I want to do. I'd love to do like a storytelling podcast about the Turners, you know, and, and their history, because I just think if people see this group, look it up, hear about it, understand it, start to implement it in their communities, it'll be, it'll be so good for America and people are so starved for in person, but I don't want to lose our online community because Reinhold's right. We have had, we've been so blessed by the, we are libertarians community and the friendships that have developed in our Facebook group, our discord, you know, and, and all over, right? Like it just, it's, it sucks to lose the Facebook group, but we're going to work on alternatives. And I know there are a lot of other brands that are, you know, I've been messaged by other libertarian podcasters. Like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I have no idea. I have no idea. Like I'm, I'm, I just don't have the time or the inclination to sit here and like build a new audience on me. We, um, it, it just doesn't appeal to me. Um, but I want us to have an online community and Harry, you, uh, have talked about this for a long time. So I'm going to empower you to walk us through next week, setting this up. Where does we are libertarians go? How do we start obtaining some online freedom as a, as a community? And let's pick one. Um, Reinhold and I will pick apart and edit what you're doing. Um, and, you know, like I like I said, I'd love to to have uh, you know, Harry, you pick some topics. Reinhold, you pick some topics, especially the next couple months as I'm working on the ideological origins podcast for our patrons. I'm going to be a little distracted, uh, so you know, I'd love you you guys to to prep a couple episodes, and we'd love to hear from the audience if you want us to go and research a topic and do the 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 Chris Spangle Show deep dive on a subject that's can be political, but you know, non-political or cultural or, you know, love, love to hear about it. So email us. We're, we're just looking to kind of shake it up a little bit, have a little more fun, be a little more relaxed, never talk about Donald Trump again. Uh, Harry and I, Reinhold, made a decision, two against one, uh, yesterday that if uh, Trump is in the news and we have to talk about it, the listeners that want to hear it must donate to Rupert's kids. And if we hit $500 in donations to Rupert's kids, then we will do that, st- that topic. Now, if he runs again for president in four years, then we, we may have to, to lift that. But like for the next like three and a half years, if you want us to talk about Donald Trump, you've got to donate $500 to Rupert's kids. And then we'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah well, if he's ever relevant again, right? I, and I, God, I hope he isn't. <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's who? Who are you talking right. about? So, exactly. so yeah, we, we just want to shake it up. Like, hell, even if we want to have John Ulrich, Ulrich on to talk about woodworking, I yeah, fucking do that for a while. Like, I just, I just did, I need to refresh my mind. And, like, 
I don't want to take a two to three month break because I love doing this. And I love being yeah. here, but like I just I capture some video of me running my lathe and getting it'll some, just be CGI. Uh, shut up. I, I just like the last thing on earth I want to talk about is Joe Biden falling downstairs. Like there's plenty of libertarian podcasts doing that. Like we we can let's just do something else here for a while. Let's so Terry, so, go ahead. Couple of things. One, I can't wait for the Twitch channel of Reinhold uh, Lathe ASMR videos. Just him <laughs> <on> the lathe. <laughs> Sometimes it's just you get a block of wood and you just play because it's just you're not play. even building anything you want. It's just so fun. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh yeah. I've got some wood projects for you. If you want to build something, you know, you tell me how much that costs. I'll hand it to you because I need this. Uh, and um, so. I'm going to actually hand out some homework uh, to the listeners uh, for next week's episode. I need you guys to like understand where my brain's at. There's a young kid that I used to follow. He was a oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. How libertarian are you before you go on? <laughs> this kid, this guy was really, I don't know if he was really a libertarian, but the, this, I need, please watch this documentary. It's called The Internet's Own Boy. I've talked about this guy before. His name is Aaron Schwartz. You know, the thing that powered podcasts and Reddit, Aaron Swartz, this is something you need to watch to understand where we're going to go to next next week. Watch the sh- watch it. It's it'll blow your mind and you will really realize it's on. Um, uh, you can Amazon has it. I believe someone has uh, which um, copied it and put it on YouTube. Uh, go ahead. Watch it on YouTube. You are not going to tick up Aaron if you watch it for free somewhere to get your hands on it. After watching it, you'll feel bad if you pirate it, but you watch the video and go, no, Aaron would have loved that you pirated this pirated the documentary. Watch the yeah, it's out there. Yeah. Tons Reinhold, libraries have final there. thoughts for you. Um, uh, just that, you know, I th- I think we can find a way and I think things are going to get better, but it's gonna take some time. And um we need to work, you know, just it's it's working through social media and how the our interconnectedness. Um is impacting us and how we deal with it uh, to improve as a society instead of taking us down dark paths. I, I agree. I think this is going to get solved. It's a transitionary period to what's next. It sucks that we're on the leading edge of, of this and are going to have to wait longer than most other brands, but we're not going away. We're not, you know, it's just, we got to wait for what's next and kind of take some uh, so, some leadership on figuring out what's best for the for an independent audience. So it'll it'll all get worked out. Um, but like I said, it's 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 uh, it's a setback, right? Like if you are in media, I see these people who get fired from the Huffington Post, and I'm like, I've worked in media since college, right? Who goes into journalism or radio? or television, or writing, or art, or the creative arts, or podcast, or whatever it may be, and doesn't expect to lose their job at any moment, or have some giant pivot, or have some earth-shaking thing that completely moves the ground under you. Like, this is the job. If you work in media, you've got to have multiple streams of income. You've got to be adaptable. You've Like, your Patreon support ensures that this show continues because it's another stream of income for me. Like if I lose my job, I am not, I'm not like, like I do my job. I do my job really well, but I'm not like obsessive about it because if something happens at that job, I know I'm going to be okay because of Patreon support and we'll have to figure some things out and I'll have to like, you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a stream of income that keeps this all going. 
you know, if you love creators, you've got to support them. You've got to join our Patreon at joinwallplus.com. You know, it's it's just so key and important to financially support the people that you like. If you get some value from the people you listen to and read, you've got to give them some value back. And the Substack revolution that's taking place at places like chrisbangle.com or Matt Taibbi or Glenn Greenwald, you know, or Andrew Sullivan, this is the antidote. This is the future where they're owning their platform and web address. They're owning their email newsletter list. They're not beholden to Intercept. You know, Glenn Greenwald and, and the founders of Intercept don't work for Intercept anymore because of changing attitudes. But they have freedom to go to Substack and set up their own tent. And so, you know, I'm always surprised when people who work in this industry are shocked that they got fired because like there's literally nothing at my desk at work because I work in radio. I was told in 2005 by an old vet, never have anything in your office that can't be carried out in a backpack because you could just be marched out one day because they need to cut revenue and you didn't see it coming. And then you, they're going to pack up your stuff and forget things. You know, that's media. And, and those of you who work in other industries need to pay attention because our job our gig economy is your gig economy coming soon. And you need to have multiple streams of income and protect yourselves. Like, don't cry for me, Argentina. Like, I've been preparing for two years for us to get cut from this marketing angle. I've been telling you all that this is going to happen. Like, many of you didn't think I was serious because, oh, uh, you just try to please the censors with your wokeism in Reinhold, and you'll be fine. It's like, no. That's not how this works. That's not how media works. You can lose everything in a single day and you better have backups. It's why the wall Patreon pays for four podcast hosts. It pays for two email services. It pays for um, multiple services that distribute things in a lot of different places. And it's because I've got a vast network of backups. <laughs> if we if we wake up one day and they decide to turn off one podcast host, I can direct it back to the other stuff. So you really uh, you've got to be prepared if you work in media and you know, it's, it's uh, it sucks. It's a setback, but it's not the end. You know, every person who builds a career, who builds a business has setbacks and this just happens to be our setback and it's annoying and frustrating and wrong and unfair. Um, but I, I could sit here and dwell on it. I just what's the point right like tantruming crying like it's a setback so you just got to keep going you got to figure something else out and that's what we're going to work on we're going to do it in front of you in public with harry um and hopefully harry will do it in a way that other people understand um because harry you got to try it so <laughs> you got to try to understand <laughs> but like i said if you love this show you got to tell your friends about it you got to support us financially if you love other shows, other podcasts, other libertarian podcasters, other independent journalists, other independent media, other comedy podcasts, other whatever, these social networks are going to help the institutions stay institutionalized. And some of those institutions, the New York Times is not important because of the name New York Times. The New York Times is important because of its process. And it rightly gets criticized for failing at its own process often. But that institution is only important because of the institutional process that it that it curates of fact checking, editorial checks on content, reporting. The New York Times can go 
to the bottom of the lake and it and it's fine we'll move on we'll rebuild but that process of news gathering of editorial checks and balances and process that is what has to be maintained that's what needs to stay you know and whatever form or function we are libertarians and the chris spangle show whatever i do will be a little egg heady it will be a deep dive it will be an information overload it will feed you in a way uh, that you enjoy and have fun with um so Follow us at chrisspangle.com and wearelibertarians.com, and we're going to keep uh, plugging along. And um, like I said, these institutions have a leg up because they've now partnered with big tech, and you want the little guy to win? You've got to support the little guy in, in word of mouth, and that means getting vulnerable and telling your friends about podcasts that they might think you're weird for listening to. Oh, man, you know, I just don't know if my friends will will judge me if they check out the Mike O'Meara show, which is my favorite podcast, my greatest podcast inspiration, uh, because sometimes they, they may be a little naughty. Fuck it. <laughs> Share it. <laughs> tell your friends about it. You know, um, if you, you're really all in on this one thing, tell your friends about it. Cause you might, your friend might go, I don't know how to tell you this, but I think that's, I love pimple popping too. I'm so glad there's a podcast. You know what I mean? So you'll you'll learn something about your friend. So get vulnerable, share content and creators that you love, financially support those people. You've got 9 million subscription services. I, I, I warned you, I told you, you listen to this program because you hear the news first. You heard about ISIS first. We were the first to explain COVID to you. Like, listen, I tell the future here, okay? I don't, don't want to brag, but I'm a bit of a psychic. Um, I used to say, there's going to come a point where you should have canceled cable because you'll be paying the same amount for subscription services and it'll be worse because there's too much choice. Guess what? I'm right. So, you know, you pay 1099 for pure flicks and you don't watch it that often. Cancel them. Give it to we are libertarians. So what, what subscriptions do you not use in your life? If one of those subscriptions is we are libertarians, please ignore this advice. All right. Thank you so much for listening to us. We uh, thank you so much. We really appreciate you guys more than ever before. uh, And just going to really focus in on the show and that's about it. And just, um, you know, please support all the We Are Libertarian shows. Thank you guys. We will see you next Saturday. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Like the Chris Spangle Show, Liberty Explained, The Brian Nichols Show, The Boss Hog of Liberty, Freedom Strips with Keaton Tucker, On the Run with Rimzo Martinez, Gingerarchy with Trisha Stewart Mann, Upward Libertarian Activism, and now hear this. Tune in now and we're going to help you sound smarter when talking with your friends.